0: Hello and welcome to Check 1-2 where we give you the lowdown on testicular cancer by talking to survivors, advocates and supporters of testicular cancer awareness here at the world-famous podcast studio Glasgow. Today's guest is Ewan Hamilton, amateur rugby player for Air Rugby Club, a full-time tree surgeon and all-round hard hard-a-bit of kit. Ladies and gentlemen, Ewan Hamilton. So see if like... Um like if you just continue just that that, that run. Mm-hmm. Um is there a promotion element for the first then? So the first fifteen we're fighting for promotion this right. year, yeah. Um
1: a couple of seasons ago when the Super Six came in, uh we got put down a league, which was fair enough because it was essentially our second fifteen were coming in to play as the first fifteen. And then you had the Ayrshire Bulls, which was a completely separate thing. Mm-hmm. But the players couldn't play between the Ayrshire Bulls and the first 15. So the first couple seasons was a bit tough finding our feet. But uh, now we've found them and it's it's certainly working at the moment. But uh, I seems to don't, be. don't really want to curse anything. <laughs> no, no.
0: What, do, what do you think has been the... Uh, um, the uptake and like what, like because obviously you're saying that the club of uh, what do you call it like they're getting more and more folk interested to play is there yeah. been anything that's um, going to cause that we've to... got a
1: new coach this season right. uh, Grant Anderson he used to play at the club for he's been at the club as long as I can remember so when I was like five and things I used to be mascot taking the tea out on the park and Grant was always there and then uh, a couple of seasons ago he left the club just Spend more time with his family, kids, and stuff like that. It's understandable, but uh-huh. um, and then last season uh, he ended up moving to his for this coming season, and he brought a couple boys down with them that have brought something to the team as well. And the competition for places is just crazy. Right. Um. So you can take twenty into a game day squad on a Saturday, uh, and then the rest go to the second fifteen. So the second fifteen squad. This week we had 30 boys available for it, so there's still eight or nine guys being left disappointed without a game of rugby across the full squad because you can only pick a
0: certain number of players for <laughs> yeah. the team. Wow, though, that's incredible! Like, yeah, that's crazy! Aye, yeah. that's, that's awesome! Crazy. Like, aye, aye, and it, it, it must be good for the club, must love that just as a, a club itself to have that. That amount of pool of players as well. No, oh, definitely. I mean?
1: Like last year we used I think it was fifty one players in total across the first fifteen team alone. Right. So with the injuries coming in and out, there's a lot of a lot of stuff happens, guys unavailable. Um but yeah, it's it is it's mad to think the way that it's all going. But we've had like the club this year, there's been a certain amount of buzz around it and it has just been little changes made the event every event being kind of made bigger and stuff like that so yeah, it's definitely definitely made a difference to the boys.
0: I think you can see that as well, like on like see like the like the the social media side of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's some change there because it seems to be like he's got loads of content going out as a club yeah. as well. Like and I think like that obviously influences like people's eyes being on the club as oh, well. Oh definitely.
1: But like, well, yeah. that's I've always said there's been probably the biggest family club in Scotland, as it as it always really has been. Um, and the memberships this year's miles up the youth sections are huge and it's it's just getting bigger and bigger and uh, there's a lot a lot of excitement around the club with the the redevelopment of the grounds but that's just came from how how popular it's came in there so. Means that we've now got three pitches to use, um, two different venues, but it's just it's just expanding and going wild.
0: Uh, you you felt that when like see when we were down, yeah. um, you felt the family feel of it, you know, oh, definitely. I mean? uh, the fact uh, you know, it's like even like for you, like your mum, you know, like being in the club shop and all that uh-huh. type of thing, and you really felt the the family atmosphere within that, uh, within that, within that ground and within the club, uh, the clubhouse itself. Eh? It was definitely it's, it's
1: a well, lovely thing. It was when I was diagnosed, and obviously my mum's running the shop. In the weekend you seen my name drop out the team sheet, everybody was, "Oh, what's happened to you? What's, what's happened?" Because We'd played Kelso on the Saturday, and that was really the league decider. Um, and that was the way to Kelso down there, so long bus trip, and got off the bus, and it's just the full pitch was just covered round the sides of Kelso fans, and uh, it, it was a really hard place to go play. We ended up losing the game, mm-hmm. um, and then the fo- that following weekend was when I was diagnosed and. Um, everybody was kind of queuing up at the club shop and my mum was oh, what are you looking to buy and they were, I'm not I'm just here to say how are you doing <laughs> and oh, everything really? like uh, that Yeah. Oh, that's lovely just, uh, just taking care of her so that uh, yeah. was really nice but uh, definitely a family feel about the club as you say
0: uh, you, know, you can feel it mate uh, you definitely can um, but so thanks for for you know coming on this and coming on the Cajones no podcast problem. I know like uh, like you know yeah you've been a massive supporter of Cajonus, like, since mm-hmm. your diagnosis and stuff, so, again, can't thank you enough for, um, not only, kind of, uh, reaching out to us anyway, but, yeah. you know, all the kind of stuff that you've done to help, like, raise money in, uh, for Cajonis as well, because, it, it allows us to, Continue to do stuff like this. Do they? You've got this boxes for guys who are going through Definitely. treatment, you know. Uh, so, thank you for me and Richie, you no know. Problem. It's, honestly, mate. Uh, it means the world to us. Um, so just to kind of like um, kick us off, will you tell us a little bit about your kind of testicular cancer journey, if that's all right. And
1: yeah, hi. Um, so I was away for a weekend away and just kind of I felt kind of normal and everything, but the week before, I'm I do tree, tree surgery, tree climber, so got my harness and all my gear and stuff like that and you get comfortable with your stuff there's never a change to it and uh, just was putting my harness on on the Thursday I think it was and noticed it was a little tighter around my left hand side and uh, chainsaw trousers were a bit tighter as well, didn't really think anything of it Um, and then obviously went away and just my head was kind of thinking over the weekend. Um, but I, I didn't really want to do anything about it till I got home, uh, which was the Sunday. And the Sunday night on my way back home, I phoned uh, NHS 111 and explained to them kind of what I was feeling. It was like my left testicle was just hard. It was, there was no, to me, there was no like lumps that you felt on it, but it, it just felt hard and heavy. Um, and that was that was about it so I phoned them and they said yeah come up and we'll, we'll check you out so went up and they took blood tests and they wouldn't let me leave until, uh, until they'd got the blood tests back but with their hospital they have to drive them to Irvine so I was sitting about for a while right? just waiting on them and uh, ended up getting them back and they'd put me in for uh, ultrasound the next day so uh, came back the next day and seen one of the doctors there. Um, he's Doctor Little, and he had a good feel and just diagnosed me. He says, I, "I can feel lumps on it, but obviously, someone of more experience is more more suited to actually having a look at it." And I think that's I think that's a big problem is that people would never really want somebody else to look at it but it's, it's a big thing that you really need to do so uh, yeah he had a, a feel about and then just says no we need to ultrasound you and ultrasounded and that was it he'd uh, he said yeah that's testicular cancer that's that's what it is um and I thought all right that's that's the end of it then um and he said to me well, we'll get you CT scanned as well, just to check if there's any spread or anything. So I had in my head that I was just going to get operated on and taken out, and that was me done. Um, But on my CT scan, there came up two spots in the lymph nodes in my back and two spots in my lungs as well. So um, that's what the ultrasound came back with, and from then it kind of, dawned on me the severity of of what was was happening Um, and I'd never really processed it fully um, until I went home that day and it kind of hit me a wee bit but not as much as I thought something like that would hit me. Um, So then a couple, that was a week later I got operated on and they removed the affected testicle and then... Uh, I went on holiday for a week and just decided to sun myself
0: because I, I couldn't think when I was next going to get away. But um, I still think it's wild, the fact that you went on a plane where, you know, almost a 10-inch scarred you, you, know? I know, well, I know.
1: Well, I was worried about it, but... Uh, uh, my girlfriend, it was funny seeing her wrestle the cases through the airport for once. <laughs> uh, uh, it wasn't my responsibility that day. <laughs>
0: You're like, oh darling, I can't lift anything. <laughs> I know,
1: I know, but I'll maybe have a wee beer. <laughs> so I was fine after it and then uh, two weeks later I got the call to say, come up to the beach and that was the Tuesday. Um, so I went up just thinking, oh, we'll get a final answer of what's happening today and uh the consultant there, Jeff White, he said to me, he said his exact words were, "Go home, pack your bags, son, because you're coming back here on Thursday." And uh, I thought to myself, "Well, that's like that's it. That's my next few months set out for me, and that's what's happening." Um, so ended up going back on the Thursday, and that was the start of my my treatment. Um, so it all happened quite quickly, as I say. I think the start of actual chemotherapy was four weeks after diagnosis something like that so it was found quite quickly and caught quite quickly
0: yeah i think like uh, see when you had those initial scans and you were told you know like testicular cancer yeah and then after that hearing that you know you had like your lymph nodes and then your lungs did you did you have any inkling that it could do that 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 it could that could like spread to other places from your test or was it uh, I never had an inkling
1: that it would do that but uh, obviously I, I tried to stay off Google as much as possible and a good shout stop stop <laughs> looking at things and just let the people who know about it tell you about it that's what I've always done yeah and uh, I ended up that's the Kelso game I was short of breath on 60 minutes and I was kind of like what's happening to me I've never never been like this but Never gave it a thought at the time and then when that diagnosis came I thought, okay, maybe that's got something to do with it. But um no, I never thought I never thought in any way that they'd be linked at all. So mm.
0: So see when you were at the Kelso game, like and looking back on it, sorry, um, was there anything even before that that you went, Oh, maybe I, I felt maybe tired all the week before or was there anything kinda that you remember leading up to that Kelso game, or was it just that sixty minute mark you going, This uh, is
1: great. There's a couple couple things here and there, just more, like, I've always suffered, I say I've always suffered with a bit of lower back pain, just, like, physical job and in the gym, and then rugby, and I've always just thought it's normal, but I don't know whether eventually that's been a sign of something, and then, like, the few games leading up to Kelso, I was still kind of struggling, but still managed to play them, but obviously that's the tail end of the season so you're thinking I've put my body through a full season of rugby here now it's starting to take its toll and I've always listened to the older guys say oh I can't do a full game anymore Mm -hmm. and think oh no you're you're talking rubbish here (laughs) Um, but then obviously I thought well maybe maybe there's some truth behind this but
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. In
1: my case, it was totally
0: different. Yeah, and I suppose as well, you're like how fit you are. Like in our, you know, uh-huh. like you know, being like a rugby player and a a tree surgeon. Do you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. the like you are a harder bit of kit. So you probably you probably did have nickels and stuff like that. That you that most men would go that's really sore, but you're just like, ah, it was, that, that's just part and parcel oh, definitely. of a day-to-day
1: life. It's, well my physios have all told me your pain tolerance is, is crazy. Mm. Um, you see some of the boys on a Saturday come out the changing room like a mummy or something like that because they've got that much tape around them. Oh, really? And I'm just out with my lifting blocks on and <laughs> that's me. But <laughs> I've never, to this day, really had anything that's kind of stopped me from doing anything but obviously when I questioned that thought my lungs were a wee bit struggling at that Kelso game I thought I kind of thought there might have been just effects of the
0: season but yeah. no it's obviously different uh, and it must it must have been um, quite difficult you know what age are you just now? Uh, 24 so you're 24 and um, what was your what was your kind of thoughts on like you know losing a testicle f- for example you know I mean being a young man like that's it's quite a, it can be quite an emotional thing with, did you, did, did you struggle with the concept of that or was it just, nah, get it out, it's... Uh, it was, it was kind of said to me,
1: like my doctors in there said to me, well, we need to take it out and that's that, it's, that's the only way it's going to be sorted, so really it was, okay, it's, it's coming out and that's that, but, um. The Friday uh, before my operation, I had to go to the fertility clinic in Glasgow, and that's where we done uh, sperm banking. Yeah. Uh, and I came down that morning, I said to my mum, I have a hospital appointment, came down with my hoodie and joggies on and just wanted to sneak away quietly. <laughs> and bless her, she goes, oh, I'll come with you. I says, no, it's, it's okay, mum, come on, <laughs> come on, we don't need that. And... Uh, no, no, I'll, I, I want to make sure you're okay. No, I, you can't say no to your mum in that circumstance. So she drove me up and uh, she was in the in the pain display car park. And obviously you're thinking in, in your own head, you're like, right, let's not be long. Let's just get it over and done with. And, I, and there was loads of different paperwork that you have to fill out, which I never realised about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all asking you about, Like your partners at the time, who has access to everything, stuff like that. And as you say, as a 24-year-old boy, that's something that you never think you'll sit down and ever have to think of at that age. And uh, that's when it hit me quite hard. But then, again, the, the funny side of things came... When uh, I, I went out, my mum says, how did you get on? And I just went, never <laughs> ask me that again, mum. Come on, let's go home.
0: Uh, it's the only time after that that your, your mum's allowed to ask you, so did you get on okay? I know,
1: I know. I said to her, never ask me that again. Come on.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, did I take it, like, did you eventually tell your mum or did she have no clue until you got there that that's what you were going up for? Uh, she had,
1: I think she had an inclination because... <laughs> right. um, I think she, think she kind of knew, but it was when we turned up and it, the big sign that said fertility clinic, and she was like,
0: "Ah, right, okay." <laughs> and two and two went together. So was like, "Oh, I've just drove my son <laughs> yes. uh-huh. to the bank, bank." <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: But I've always said it's, it's one of these yeah. things. That's always a story I've, I've always told throughout whatever I've gone through. Yeah. Um with it because I think at times if you don't see the funny side in it it's all a bit doom and gloom and that's I was sitting in the stands that so that was the Friday and the Saturday the boys had a game so I was sitting in the stands. And I was just telling everybody about that story, and they were in hysterics. I'll text my mum saying, "He's great. He's 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 just a joker. He's cracking on with what's been given to him, and that's that." But yeah, I've always said if you dwell on it, it, it makes it worse. So
0: oh, I definitely can, and it's funny. Like we've just kind of spoke about this as well. Like uh, with uh, another guest, is that um, that humor, that levity does bring a little bit of kind of comfort. When you're going Definitely. through something like that, you know what I mean? Like, Definitely. um I, I had my own like like wee stories that were uh, exactly kind of similar. Like just these wee embarrassing moments that you're like, "But mm-hmm. well, that's funny." I know. You know, and it's, know. It, it's it's it is good to have that, and it's it, it's good for when you're, especially when you're telling people, like you're so young. Definitely. Like so, you're able to kind of go, "Listen, I'm alright, but this is what happened." So kind of deflects it uh-huh. a little bit as well, don't uh-huh. you think? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, it, it, Coming back to that kind of paperwork thing, I remember, like, obviously going through that and, you know, I was sitting there with my wife, you know, I was 30 when yeah. I got in, you know, long-term uh, love and relationship, and you're like, right, these que- even those questions were hard for us. Yeah. You know, so being 24, you know, um... I suppose I'm, I'm not using the word single as in you didn't have a girlfriend, but I just mean single as in not married, you know, no kids. Yes, no no plans yeah, for the next uh, then, couple of years anyway. And then you're forced to think about, you know, how do, I, how, do I, how do I use this? How do I do it? That must have been, like when you're saying it was Ireland, I mean, that must have been quite something. Like Did that really just kind of bring it home that this was a kind of bigger thing than you thought?
1: Uh, it definitely brought it home. Because, as I say, I, I thought it would be something that would affect me for maybe like the next three, four years, five years sort of thing. But when you're sat down and asked questions about that, like as in they were saying it's 10 years down the line. And then if you want us to keep it on, then we can. But you need to pay like a monthly fee, which is, is fair enough. Yeah. Um, but it's you. You start thinking in your head, right? I'll be thirty-four by then, and mm. you, you're like, I don't know what I'll be up to at thirty-four, and it's just that it was it brought it into the picture that it was a a bigger thing than just a case of a few years. It was kind of well, really,
0: the rest of your life. Yeah, so. I think as well, you know, I, that is such a jump, you know, like being twenty-four to thirty-four. But there's a lot of folk who don't start their families until they're. A, in their 30s as well so f- for you to face that so young and then be like 10 years is a long time but actually I'm only going to be still 30 you're still going to be young yeah. and then having to go right you know because y- you'll you'll presumably not know what your fertility is like now um, but I to have that you know this isn't this isn't this isn't quite clear cut and then th- the thought of then in 10 years time going right Darn it! You have to pay for X, Y, and Z as well.
1: Definitely, yeah. it's just as I say, it's just something that you never really consider thinking about. No, that's
0: that. Uh, I remember going into one of the the fertility clinics. It was in. It was after I had been um, through my treatment and everything, so I was still having problems with my fertility at that time. Um, so I went to. Um, for Valley Royal, to mm-hmm. give a sample, I haven't come through to Glasgow. So I we went to Fort Valley Royal. And in the, the hospital, at flu season, there's these pictures of staff oh, really? um, that say, like, get your flu shot, right? And I'm pretty sure they're all over Scotland, right? Um, uh-huh. But I walked in, and it's this tiny wee pokey room, shut the door, and I look up, and it was a woman who I'd worked <laughs> with for 20 years was on the picture, <laughs> and I was like, oh no! And I know what I'm in there to do, oh, and I'm like, right, she's so watching I'm, down so on I'm, me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I peeled off the peeled off the poster, and I meant, uh, and I meant, sorry, Dallin, you're not looking at this. <laughs> 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 do you know? It was, and it's wild, like having to do these like uh, these fertility things, and again, I think just even all of that brings a little bit of humour to these situations. Definitely, yeah. But it's something
1: I've always said. It's something I never even. Thought about having to do when <laughs> even when I got diagnosed until yeah. I was told that you had to do it, but it's it is, it's difficult thinking about it at times. And then, in all fairness to them, they're really good. They, they just say if you want to make a change or anything, just phone up and uh, we'll make that change for you. We'll we'll do the admin on it. But it's it, at times you just sit there and you think that was like a really
0: crazy day and the whole. Whole process of yeah. what actually happened. <laughs> how was um how was your chemo like when you started your treatment like, um obviously like it affects everybody really really differently and everybody I've spoke to they've had various types of chemo. Um, what what was the kind of chemo that you got? Uh, the chemo
1: I got I think was B E P chemotherapy. So, um, it was the main main drug on it was the bleomycin, but um. I I went through it, I was in from a Thursday to a Sunday, um, which to be honest with you I was kind of glad about because that way you were in the hospital and you weren't, yeah you were sitting there thinking about what would I usually be up to on a Saturday night but at times you were just, at at least I'm in here and I'm not tempted to go and do something on a Saturday night that you'll end up maybe regretting or something like that so. Um, it was quite quite good to be in, but like obviously over the weekends I preferred that to being in weekdays. But um, no, it was it was really quite quite tough to begin with, and I've always said it never never really fully hit home. Uh, everything until I was sitting down on the bed and they put the cannula in for the first time. Yeah, that's when it really it really struck me and came to me. Um, and the nurse at the time, obviously, she could see there was a wee bit like a tear in my eye and stuff like that. And she said, do, do you want me to sit with you or do you need time alone? Um, and I says, it's, it's all right. And says, you've got other things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at that time, that's when I was reassured that the people on that desk, the Eight or nine nurses. They were only responsible for those rooms, so uh-huh. um, whatever, whatever you needed or wanted was always there. But uh, no, I, d- I just took a little space to process it, and then kind of after the first couple bags, it it kind of settled in with me as to what was actually happening, and then I thought the first night was long, um, which was it must have been about twelve hours or something of, mm. of chemo bags. Uh, but then the second night they added bleomycin in as well and it just got longer and, and then your third night was a wee bit shorter So, but as I say I never thought it was done all overnight so you got to go up and about during the day if you felt well enough but um, uh, through the night it was on and they were changing bags every hour and your sleep's not the best and you, just, you do get a bit agitated, but as I said, I've never, I, I stayed calm in the situation, um, but yeah, it was, it was just all a bit surreal to me what was going on that first time, um, not knowing what was happening and kind of what was coming next and how it would possibly affect you. I
0: think it's that that unknown aspect when that first bag goes on. Yeah, I, I, I kind of felt the same way. My my wife and one of my friends was there when I got admitted into the beats, because uh, Jamie worked in Glasgow, so he he popped up uh, just to say hi and hope everyone was going well. Yeah. Um, and I because because we had the same sad BEP as well and. Uh, you realise that it's at night you're like oh okay (laughs) right Mm -hmm. so I I was there for hours and hours before that first bag went on and I remember like um, my wife not really wanting to leave um, because it was like it was getting close to the time but then when that first bag goes in and I don't know what I was waiting for but I remember like the cannula being in and then the the bag starting and obviously over the years I've had fluids and stuff like that before and I was sitting there waiting and I don't know what I expected to feel, but it wasn't quite as intense as I thought. Yeah. And you're waiting to feel, like, instantly bad because you're, like, you hear all these people talk about, like, the, the and know, icing, the yeah. platinum, and you're going, it's going to make you feel rotten, and you're waiting on that happening right away. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an odd m- mindset to be in, sitting there, like, with that first bag. Um, did did you feel something similar? But you just kind of, like don't know what's going to happen here type of thing? Uh,
1: I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest, but the first the first three bags that went in were the saline and obviously it's just salty water really, so mm-hmm. it was fine with that. And then I thought, right, the next ones, these are going to be like the big hit- hitters really. And I never really felt anything, but the worst one I found anyway was the Pyroton or the antihistamine that they give you before the steroids i don't know what it was about that but as soon as they gave you it was like half an hour later i was i was just asleep oh yeah and that was it i I, I don't know what what it was but um obviously they came in and changed bags and at times i woke up and i'd have my four hour bag up and i'd be like where's the time gone (laughs) um that's that was something i didn't expect was just one of the One's that's supposed to help you was the one that actually just completely flattened you, but not yeah. in making you feel a bad way. Just you just fell asleep, and that was that. But I remember the first night um, I'd done all the all the drugs, and I thought, right, it's just the three salt bags left, the three saline's. It'll be fine. And uh, the first bag get changed over, and I just remember a, a nippy sensation going all round me. I was like, "That's not nice." I was, <laughs> I was looking forward to getting on to these because I'm nearly finished, but I'd rather not have them now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do your lot. Oh God! <laughs> I know. It's um, it's when you talk about the kind of the the kind of the anahistamine that I give you. It's quite strong. It doesn't. Yeah. You feel sleepy. Um, it's that first like. Bag change where you've you've dropped off and they come round with a torch and they're waking you up and they're like what's your name your date of birth and you're like uh, what year is it you're not totally, uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> you're kind of getting waking up like what eh oh. uh, it's uh, that's that's quite uh, disorientating you one know? o'clock in the morning and <laughs> yeah. torch in your face like, uh, oh. it's there's a really uh, I, I can't remember if I sent you this picture as well, but there was that picture of Limmy when he gets wakened up and it's a bright light and he's like this. I it's think like, he did. <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like, eh? Hey? Like, a burning light. I, I don't know, just put it in me. I know. <laughs> but, uh, it's it's quite incredible and it's, it's... It's amazing to be able to sit down and talk to you about it because, like, you are so young. Like, and I don't mean that. Like, patronisingly, it's like no. you're a young, fit, 24-year-old, you know, who is having to go through such a what an invasive surgery, you know, yeah. and then having this wild chemical ride off blasting um cancer cells away, you know, and, and it's a hope that, you know, this can reach as many people who unfortunately who are going to be your age yeah, uh, definitely. And, and going through it. Uh, so it's such a it's a it's a great thing to really sit and hear your experience of that as well. Um having like those first kind of like that first kind of round of your chemo, um, and going home. Wh- what was it like for you going home? Were you uh,
1: going home was fine. My my girlfriend she picked me up at midday. Um, Lily came and got me, so felt kind of alright. And I says, oh, I've been in four days. Let's do something kind of normal. And like uh, right, so we went to a wee coffee shop that I know in Hindland that. Uh, just through work I know all the coffee shops around Glasgow <laughs> the good ones so we went there because I was like that's a bit of normal it'll make me feel a bit better and uh, I remember going down the road and our thing on our Sundays we always get up and we go for a wee breakfast or something like that and then just a bit of shopping or TK Maxx, something like that and uh, I just remember at the time going yeah let's go TK Maxx okay um that was it. I just remember walking around pure dazed out, but Aye. you were just happy to be out. <laughs> and uh, I never really felt weak or anything like that. But then after we got in the car and went back home, I just remember getting like to my bed upstairs and just being like, I'm actually really, really tired, um, which was obviously a big thing for me because I always think that my energy levels have always been so high. And I thought, how can this be be ruining my energy levels at yeah. times? But then it's not till you sit there and actually think about how much your body's been through in the past uh, four days, what what's actually happened to you. Um, so that was that was a big thing for me. But it was nice to have something a wee bit normal on the Sunday to do. Um, and I remember we'd booked a, a table for the, the Sunday night Obviously, I never knew that at the time I was getting the chemotherapy because it all happened so quick. Yeah. So that was booked, and I know the restaurant quite well, so I phoned them up saying, can we have a takeaway? So that was a nice a nice treat as well that they'd done for us, but it, it was just very normal afterwards. And then I remember the Monday waking up and feeling a bit slow and sluggish, and I thought, oh, that's that's to be expected. My appetite was a wee bit low but it's when I say my appetite's low it's probably eating the same as a normal person <laughs> uh, if not more and then the Tuesday I remember feeling a bit bit better a bit more myself and got up made a bit of food and just kind of chilled out all day and then um, the Wednesday came and that's what I was laughing with my consultant about I had in my head that this this can't be affecting me this much um and on the Wednesday, I went out and thought, I'll test myself, see how far I can go, and that was it. I was running, jogging on the Wednesday, and I thought it, it can't. And I got to the four k mark, and usually at four kilometers, I'd still be, still be f- absolutely fine. Yeah. But, um, I just remember thinking, I can't go any further. I can't do this, <laughs> and then I sat on the wall um, down the bottom of the woods. For about twenty minutes, just regathering myself before walking home, because I couldn't make it that last wee bit, and uh, that's when I thought, okay, whatever, whatever this is doing to me is is pretty major. Yeah. Um And again, that's that's another moment where it kind of dawned on me what was happening.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was a big moment. I think as well, like it's it's madness though that you know really I. Th- at that point, you must have been what, two months post surgery? Uh,
1: yeah, more or less. I <laughs> <Yeah>. eh?
0: more <laughs> so or less had uh, a full round of chemo, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm going to go out a run," and you run four k. Like, yeah. After like, I had I had trouble standing up straight. <laughs> I know? think it was
1: in 27 minutes or something like that just, as well. and I was been really madness. hard on myself. Then <laughs> I went back in madness. back in on the Friday for my jag, and. Uh, all oh, the consultants are like, you're, you're proper mental. I don't know what is up with you. you yeah,
0: clearly made of <laughs> something, like, it eh? Because, like, wow, like... Uh, I mean, everybody's chemo affects them differently. And I know there's folk who... But the fact that, you yeah, again, two months post-surgery with a, a lateral incision and you're running four kilometres and still giving yourself a hard time for 27 minutes. Yeah. I remember, like, uh, obviously... Um, we had got introduced through uh, one of the women at the Teenage Cancer Trust, yeah, uh, and then that's how kind of your involvement with Kohona started. And I remember that those first couple of kind of text exchange, and you telling me that I was like, "To Richie, this kid's something else. Like this, uh-huh. is, this is an interesting dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the fact that you're a know, rugby player, tree surgeon." Went through chemo and now you're out of run. I was was in awe of you. I remember you
1: you, you texted me back just saying, uh, I don't know how you're doing it. And (laughs) you said you still make me feel feel bad, even though you were obviously down the line of your treatment. And I
0: was writing the beginning of mine and still doing stuff like that. Well, I couldn't believe it, honestly. I was like, God, this guy's going through all this. And I can't get... A fully uh, technically a fully fit person. Yeah. Um not fit in terms of gym fitness, but like this fully fit human being, And I'm like, oh, it's raining outside, and you're <laughs> like, I have a ten inch scar, uh, just had chemo, and am going, no, I'm going out a run. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a different type of human being, right there. Uh-huh. So <laughs> definitely. And the the support for the club that you got, you know, by the same like by this looks of it from our point of view was massive. It, the, the the community looked as though they really got behind you. How, how did yeah. that feel when that all that started to kind of gather gather momentum for uh, you?
1: For me, it was huge. So I've been at the club since I was four years old. So that's kind of 20 mm-hmm. years I've been there. I and mean, you grow through, obviously, all the teams, all the different people that have coached you, all the different guys that have played with you. And you just think there's, there's some amount of people that's been involved in, your journey in rugby, um, and that's that's what I said to to a lot of people. It's that support from the club's been been massive for me. I think it, it's been really important in what actually happened. But it's uh, it's little things like our coach at the time. He texts me saying, "I don't want you to feel uninvolved." Um, so he says, "Come and do water bottles, or just be in the technical area because you're a big personality of the team, and we need you." the boys kind of want to gather around you and I says yeah. just leave them to to do their thing on the pitch and I'll see them after but mm. um, really I was thinking well at, at that time I was still before my first chemo so I was thinking oh I've still got a good chance for a beer with all the fans in the stand <laughs> so uh, it was it was funny that, that three weeks leading up to my first chemo was I think it was three home games actually right. and uh, managed to to get uh, to every one of them and just be there watching, and everybody would be around supporting you, asking how you're doing, telling you that if you need anything, we're there for you. But um, no, it's been it's been pretty major. But obviously, the rugby season kind of finished when I was um, going through chemo. So, but even after that, it's like a couple of the boys came up to the beats and when I was getting treated and. Uh, Obviously, they know I do a lot of site work and stuff, and brought me a Lego digger to build no, stuff really. like that. Right. So <laughs> I was kept busy with that one. And yeah, but no, it's, it really shows you how much of a community feel it is. Yeah. Um, but my my phone was going mad on Facebook, just people messaging you, uh, the texts and everything, and it's it's all like really valued. But at the same time, sometimes you just want a wee bit of chill time and it, it was for me f- the hardest thing was finding the balance between trying not to be rude um, and like getting back to everybody
0: yeah which is hard when you're going through something anyway like because like you've got friends and family like, close friends and family as well that are I yeah. want to kind of reach out uh, but as well as that like I, I don't know about you but certainly when I was going through my chemo I found my concentration went it was just like whatever the chemicals were in it, I was just like ah. Uh, my concentration was zero. Yeah, you know? Definitely. Well, that was the same for me. We were, obviously
1: it was post-Covid, so I got got to get as many visitors as I wanted, but it was two two in the room at one time. So mm-hmm. um ended up, like Lily would always come up after school. And that was just her time that would suit for her. So uh, that was really good. Still seeing her, she came up every day. So you knew that support was there, but then, there was like twenty people texting you saying, "When can I come up?" And obviously, in my head, I was thinking, "Well, air to Glasgow, and then see me for an hour or two, and then drive back home." I said, "You'll be spending more time driving than actually seeing me."
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, everybody was, "No, I don't. I don't care as long as it's twenty minutes. Half. That's all. That will do me half an hour." Yeah. And uh, it, it, as I say, it was it was quite funny at times because you'd have people waiting outside your door for one person to leave so that they could get in and the nurses on reception they, I think they got a bit pissed off really <laughs> they were just oh is it here for you and <laughs> yes right okay and you go and uh, but I was getting people in till like 10 11 o'clock at night and wow um but I've always said it's I think that's helped a big part as well because if you'd have been seeing folk from like three o'clock till eleven, you're quite tired anyway. Mm. So when eleven came, you could just sleep till eight and know that nobody's coming in and then the next day from eight o'clock onwards is your own own time really. So yeah. uh and no, it was it was nice to see
0: as many people come up as, as they did. Yeah, which is amazing as well, and it's a testament to you as a person as well that you had all that support and folk want to come in and see you. Um, with your diagnosis, did that impact the team in terms of, like, how they thought about testicular cancer? Because obviously we, we don't. I think that's the big thing that yeah. it's cojones like we are finding is that nobody really thinks about it or we don't talk about it is that something that's changed you know uh, within the club now that uh, you've kind of been through your Uh, journey
1: I think so yeah but I don't think it's as much kind of what I've done for the club it's more obviously I've been through it and then we got involved with one another and obviously I brought you down for the uh, the Dash of Pink Day and then awareness kind of went up from there but you still walk about the clubs and you see the poster and all the leaflets the handouts and my mum was putting one in all the bags from the shop and everything like that so I think it's just the fact that it's been plastered everywhere now that it's a lot more a lot more um, like people are a lot more aware of it but I've always said like the team themselves I think we're quite hit by it because I've always been one of the more lively ones like you'll get You'll get the guys that, fair enough, they're on a different stage of life. And so Saturday night, I've got a birthday party on the Sunday for the wee one or yeah. whatever. And I, I was always, right, it's Saturday, who's having a beer sort of thing. And um, like that was a big part for me, was the social side. I've always played for us, never really the aspect of making it professional. Because mm-hmm. I've got my career and then I just like to play a game of rugby and um, some sometimes it just happens that I'm quite good at it so yeah, you uh, end up getting in <laughs> the first team and uh, but as I say a yeah, big 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 thing um just it was a complete change
0: yeah and, it, and it's interesting that though that um, there has been that kind of that shift and even just conversations about it you know and and I think you, Having been through that, you probably will find that even if they don't see it, your your teammates will have a very different um, outlook yeah. on doing self checks and really grateful to your to your mum for putting the leaflets uh, in the bags. I and didn't realise she was doing that, so that's uh, that's completely amazing that she does that as well. So if she needs any more, uh-huh. we'll send them down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I uh, just let her know. Um, but it it must be difficult then. Like so, see. Um, how long are you post-treatment now? I mean, you're still getting your checks, but how long are you? Um, I think that's, that must be four months, four months
1: post-treatment.
0: So you've had your surgery, you've had your chemo, your chemo stopped, you've been given, like your checks have been good since yeah. you kind of stopped. Checks have been good since, yeah. yeah. Uh, and how is that, is that, again, as somebody who is a kind of, young fit athlete you know you do tree surgery as a as a, as a business as well which is beyond graft yeah uh, i would imagine um how how do you cope with that like physically you you look amazing like you look like you're kind of back to kind of full fitness yeah more uh, or less yeah you back
1: playing rugby back playing rugby yeah i'm back um been back all season so kind of i think our uh, pre-season started the 4th of July something like that but the first session I was unavailable for but the Thursday I was available for so I kind of pitched up at that thinking um, like a couple of weeks post-chemo this that and I just thought we'll see how it goes but I wasn't putting any expectation on myself uh, I was more just happy to be down seeing the boys um, seeing everybody again Finding out how everyone's summer's been, just like a usual chat. Yeah. Um. And I took part in the warm up and a bit of the skills stuff. Uh, and then our fitness coach says, "Oh, it's time for time for fitness. Uh, see what everybody's at." And uh, I just went, "Johnny, I'm fine. I'll sit out this one." <laughs> and uh, that was it. The first. It was like, a, it's called a Bronco test, but it's like just straight line running all the time. Right, And I was like, that's too much for me for <laughs> first session back. And so I was happy I managed it then. Um, and then it just kind of spiralled on, spiralled on. And uh, it came to the preseason games. And my coach texts me saying, what's your thoughts? What, what are you thinking? Um, and I said, well, I'll well, have a go. It says these games yes they mean something as in squad selection but it's not playing for a title or anything it's just a friendly so I said yeah I'll see see how my body can take it and uh, went and played the first time and felt fine and then the second time felt fine so I was like yeah I'll I'll have a go this year and uh, the first game back I was in the second 15 team which was okay so I thought, right, that's that's us, and we took subs to replace me if if we needed to. Yeah. And uh, I remember my coach saying to me, like, "That's the seventy ninth minute, you and," and I was like, "Ah, oh, just bring me off." <laughs> <laughs> so that was I played seventy nine minutes that so game. So got a minute to play. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, I just remember coming off that day, and again, that was a a big moment for me to say maybe I'm back to a wee bit of normal again and yeah. and we'll see what happens. But uh, that day, the first 15 were playing and they picked up a couple injuries. Um, and It just so happened that they were in my position um, and ended up getting a, co- a text from my coach saying, how are you feeling about being on the bench? Because we've lost kind of two or three guys in those pivotal roles and, um, I said that's fine put me on the bench it means I'm playing 20 minutes not 79 <laughs> uh, and then that I think it was that game where one of the other boys that plays in the second row he got injured and my coach kind of looked round at me and I was like okay <laughs> and uh, that was it I was on and that was first half well the second half I played the full second half right. and uh, I remember it's always stuck with me my coach said to me, he just went, go have a good game, but don't do anything stupid. I know you're <laughs> eager to play. And uh, it just repeats over and over in my head because I know on Tuesday night we'll sit down there and he'll just go, "You and you done something stupid. And that's <laughs> that. Um, but no, then the week, I think it was the week after that or a couple of weeks after that, um, there was still boys dropping from injury. And uh, I got a text again saying look I'm struggling here with squad selection uh, what do you think about Melrose away and for people that know about Scottish rugby Air Melrose is probably one of the biggest fixtures in yeah. Scottish rugby and it's down at the green yards as well Hor- horrible place to go <laughs> and they've got the 4G pitch there as well so it's not actual grass it's artificial so that's, again, harder on the body. It's, it, it tires you out a lot quicker. And I was just thinking of all these things in my head, all these scenarios, and I just went, yeah, let's have a go at it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that that was it. I went, went down, played, had to go at it, was left on, the full game, and uh, we ended up beating them down there. So that was, I think the score was 30-13 or something like that. So. Yeah really good result for us and then uh, I just remember after the game I got a little bit teary again and mm. it, it just kind of hit all back that kind of after that game the boys more than turning to everybody else had all kind of turned in towards me and it was a big team huddle at the end and that was it the coach said, congratulations Ewan for full game and th- that was that so yeah. and then we kicked on into the next week and it just kind of says I've no reason to to drop you um, and again started that game and played that game and it was fine but then you noticed every game that went on you you started feeling little things and then I thought you've had a long time off but usually through the summer you'd be in the gym you'd be strengthening yourself you'd be doing whatever but obviously I couldn't lift anything mm-hmm. um, the only thing I could do was try to run but eventually that (laughs) defeated me so uh, yeah that just kind of says I know boys are going to come back from fitness and take positions but I says really me and you sitting here would we have ever thought that I'd be in an air rugby club shirt this season Uh, and I think the general consensus was no but it's amazing sort of thing so uh, that's that's kind of been it but the past Past few weeks have kind of jumped between the two, just been used when needed. But yeah. it's always, as I say, it's always just been a more a social thing for me. So all that matters is that I'm pulling on the shirt and still able to play a game of rugby. So yeah, that's I'm just happy to do that and be
0: used wherever needed. But uh, no, it's been a lot, a lot better. So. Yeah, good man, good. And how like like uh, looking at mentally you've been feeling after like now that you're done, you know? Like I, I know for me it wasn't until after I had finished uh, my treatment that it kind of hits you with a bang. Like uh, you, you still you're alright. Like kind of like uh, that way or
1: still fine that way. Yeah, yeah, but again I'd say it's a big a big bit of the support that I've had from uh, like Lily, her family, my family. The rugby boys, it's like guys from work, they, they all, everybody's just kind of putting into you and, and that's it and it it does help rebuild you but it's, uh, as I say, I think a big part of it is being able to look back on things and have a wee chuckle to yourself and go, well, that was actually quite funny mm-hmm. uh, thinking back on it but uh, no, I've not, not really struggled mentally with it. You do. You do get the odd thought now and then, just thinking, like I was saying to one of the boys the other day, uh, a, wee, a memory popped up on my phone, and I was like, look at where we were a year ago. Mm. And uh, I, I said, I since it's mental, the past year, you think what's happened between now and then, it's, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's, uh, when you look back over the year, and when you have like a cancer diagnosis within that, E- timeline as well, you, you do look back and go, like, wow, that, that happened to me. And but look where you are, and yeah. look how quickly you got back to where you are as well. I mean, it's, it's quite an incredible story, yours. Do you know what I mean? And it's one I tell everybody. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like I talk about you all the time. It's like, listen, I know this guy. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: well, I, was, I was sitting hmm. this morning getting a check up in the, the beats, and then my consultant he says, I ain't Any, uh, any um, like symptoms, side effects, And I've I've always had the kind of buzzing in my ear thing. Yeah. Uh, never really noticed the tingly fingers, but he's like, "Oh, you, you're a tree surgeon. You probably had that before you started." So, um yeah. But I said to him, I, "I'm feeling really tired, run down a bit recently, and just catching whatever's whatever's going about colds wise and stuff like that." And yeah. he was just kind of sitting there, and I think he was thinking. Hallelujah, he's finally <laughs> there's something that's finally kind
0: of tripped him Aye. almost. He's, <laughs> he's not superhuman after all, he's, he's one of us. Uh, he is. This boy is human. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've noticed, um, with the hair grown back in, did you have curly hair before or was it? Uh,
1: uh, I had curly hair when it was uh, longer before, I mm. was, it was kind of, but uh, it was quite long for the time being. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, it always was curly, but yeah. it was never never really had blonde tips or anything uh, but when that came back through it came back through Blonded to begin with right. and it had blonde tips and everybody was going oh you've grown your hair back and get highlights you've, fair, you've done that, that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, no that's genuinely how it is and uh, they were oh we wouldn't judge if you had highlights anyway at least you've got it back but uh, no, it's been a few haircuts since so yeah, yeah I'm due one due one <laughs> soon but uh, uh, no,
0: it's been more or less came back in normal now uh, oh, Amazing mate if like, you know, somebody kinda that's young and going through this is what advice would you give to them? Uh, I
1: would definitely say don't like shy away from the fact of what's going on in your head and what you think's happening um and what you think could be the case of what you feel mm-hmm. um and just go get yourself checked out and if there's any doubts about it it's it's better being told no there's nothing wrong with you than sitting there for another two or three weeks leaving it and uh, then that's two or three weeks more spread wasted time and when realistically when you look at mine how, how big of a difference was three weeks from from your surgery to then beginning chemotherapy, mm-hmm. um, so that's that's like a time period I always say that really matters to to diagnosis and successful treatment.
0: Yeah, amazing. No, thank and again, thank you so much for like coming on here and, and chatting to me like this, mate. I know uh, obviously been up here early this morning and uh, done all your your tests and. Um, um, being at the beach and and I've got a long drive home, so um, yeah, thank you so much. If is there anything you want to kind of kind of plug, you can if it's the, the the air, Instagram, your own Instagram, or or social media, it's up to yourself. You can.
1: Uh, no, not really. I'd just know. say to everybody, just to obviously get on board with cojones, and I think there's a lot of charities out there that pull a lot of money in, um, but obviously it's something that's that's not really talked about as often as it should be but it's the only really charity in scotland that's doing the work that you guys are doing to thanks for that man to uh, really put it out there and raise the awareness of it and
0: that's why i've always wanted to to help in any way that i can mm, and you've done that in spades mate so honestly thank you so much and i say thanks for coming on the day but no problem